Today is March the 24th. Did Israel have a death penalty? Let's find out together as we read Deuteronomy 20 through 22. Again, as we have been finding out, uh, Moses has another hodgepodge of topics that he wants to cover. He jumps from this topic to that one. He starts in chapter 20 talking about war and specifically declaring a cherem in which uh, Israel was not to touch any of the bounty of the ward of the war. In uh, chapter 21 and beyond, he talks mostly about civil cases, chapters 21 and 22, uh, what to do in case of an unsolved murder, uh, how to treat captive women, firstborn children, rebellion, and then just all kinds of different regulations. One of the things that stood out to me from all of this hodgepodge that Moses is talking about, 24 times from chapters 17 to 25, he talks about someone who is being put to death and why they should be put to death. There are three main um, penalties, uh, three main crimes for which someone should be put to death. The first is cultic idolatry. If you go after the gods of the other nations, put that person to death. They don't deserve to live in the nation of Israel. Secondly, if you murder someone or even kidnap someone, you're to be put to death. Murder merits the death penalty. And the third is rape. When someone violates someone else, they're to be put to death. Israel did have a death penalty. That death penalty was for very specific things within the nation of Israel. Please read Deuteronomy chapters 20 to 22. Deuteronomy 20 through 22. New Living Translation. Deuteronomy 20. When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, don't be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. When you prepare for battle, the priest must come forward to speak to the troops. He'll say to them, listen to me, all you men of Israel. Don't be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Don't lose heart or panic or tremble before them, for the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies. He will give you victory. Then the officers of the army must address the troops and say, has anyone here just built a new house but not yet dedicated it? If so, you may go home. You might be killed in the battle and someone else would dedicate your house. Has anyone here just planted a vineyard but not yet eaten any of its fruit? If so, you may go home. You might die in battle and someone else would eat the first fruit. Has anyone here yet just become engaged to a woman but not yet married her? Well, 
You may go home and get married. You might die in battle. Someone else would marry her. The officers must also say, Is anyone here afraid or worried? If you are, you may go home before you frighten anyone else. When the officers have finished speaking to their troops, they'll appoint the unit commanders. As you approach a town to attack it, you must first offer its people terms for peace. If they accept your terms and open the gates to you, then all the people inside will serve you in forced labor. But if they refuse to make peace and prepare to fight, you must attack the town. When the Lord your God hands the town over to you, use your swords to kill every man in the town. But you may keep for yourselves all the women, children, livestock, and other plunder. You may enjoy the plunder from your enemies that the Lord your God has given you. But these instructions apply only to distant towns, not to the towns of the nations in the land you will enter. In those towns that the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, destroy every living thing. You must completely destroy the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. This will prevent the people of the land from teaching you to imitate their detestable customs in the worship of their gods, which would cause you to sin deeply against the Lord your God. When you're attacking a tree and the war drags on, you must not cut down the trees with your axes. You may eat the fruit, but do not cut down the trees. Are the trees your enemies that you should attack them? You may only cut down trees that you know are not valuable for food. Use them to make the equipment you need to attack the enemy town until it falls. Deuteronomy 21. When you're in the land your Lord your God is giving you, someone may be found murdered in a field, and you don't know who committed the murder. In such a case, your elders and judges must measure the distance from the site of the crime to the nearby towns. When the nearest town has been determined, that town's elders must select from the herd a heifer that has never been trained or yoked to a plow. They must lead it down to a valley that has not been plowed or planted and that has a stream running through it. There in the valley they must break the heifer's neck. Then the Levitical priests must step forward, for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister before him and to pronounce blessings in the Lord's name. They are to decide all legal and criminal cases. The elders of the town must wash their hands over the heifer whose neck was broken. Then they must say, Our hands did not shed this person's blood, nor did we see it happen. O oh Lord, forgive your people Israel, whom you have redeemed. Do not charge your people with the guilt of murdering an innocent person. Then they'll be absolved of the guilt of this person's blood. By following these instructions, you'll do what is right in the Lord's sight and will cleanse the guilt of murder from your community. Suppose you go to war against your enemies, and the Lord your God hands them over to you, and you take some of them as captives. Suppose you see among the captives a beautiful woman. You're attracted to her and want to marry her. If this happens, you may take her to your home, where she must shave her head, cut her nails, and change the clothes she was wearing when she was captured. She will stay in your home, but let her mourn for her father and mother for a full month. Then you may marry her, and you will be her husband, and she will be your wife. 
But if you marry her and she does not please you, you must let her go free. You may not sell her or treat her as a slave, for you have humiliated her. Suppose a man has two wives, but he loves one and not the other. Both have given him sons. Suppose the firstborn son is the son of the wife he does not love. When the man divides in his inheritance, he may not give the larger inheritance to his younger son, the son of the wife he loves, as if he were the firstborn son. He must recognize the rights of his oldest son, the son of the wife he does not love, by giving him a double portion. He's the first son of his father's virility, and the rights of the firstborn belong to him. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the elders, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town must stone him to death. In this way you'll purge this evil from among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. If someone has committed a crime worthy of death and is executed and hung on a tree, the body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body that same day. For anyone who is hung is cursed in the sight of God. In this way, you will prevent the defilement of the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. Deuteronomy 22. If you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, don't ignore your responsibility. Take it back to its owner. If its owner does not live nearby or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey, clothing, or anything else your neighbor loses. Don't ignore your responsibility. If you see that your neighbor's donkey or ox has collapsed on the road, don't look the other way. Go and help your neighbor get it back on its feet. A woman must not put on men's clothing, and a man must not wear women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. If you happen to find a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground, there are young ones or eggs in it. With the mother sitting in the nest, don't take the mother with the young. You may take the young, but let the mother go, so that you may prosper and enjoy a long life. When you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. That way you'll not be considered guilty of murder if someone falls from the roof. You must not plant any other crop between the rows of your vineyard. If you do, you're forbidden to use either the grapes from the vineyard or the other crop. You must not plow with an ox and a donkey harnessed together. You must not wear clothing made of wool and linen woven together. You must put four tassels on the hem of the cloak with which you cover yourself, on the front, back, and sides. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after sleeping with her, he turns against her and publicly accuses her of shameful conduct, saying, When I married this woman, I discovered she was not a virgin. Then the woman's father and mother must bring the proof of her virginity to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. 
her father must say to them, I gave my daughter this man to be his wife, and now he has turned against her. He's accused her of shameful conduct, saying, I discovered that your daughter was not a virgin, but here's the proof of my daughter's virginity. Then they must spread her bedsheet before the elders. The elders must then take the man and punish him. They must also fine him a hundred pieces of silver, which he must pay to the woman's father, because he publicly accused the Virgin of Israel of shameful conduct. The woman will then remain the man's wife, and he may never divorce her. But suppose the man's accusations are true. He can show that she was not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town must stone her to death, for she's committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, you'll purge this evil from among you. If a man is discovered committing adultery, both he and the woman must die. In this way, you will purge Israel of such evil. Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin, who is engaged to be married, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If this happens within a town, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. The woman is guilty because she did not scream for help. The man must die because he violated another man's wife. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you. But if the man meets the engaged woman out in the country and he rapes her, then only the man must die. Do nothing to the young woman. She has committed no crime worthy of death. She is as innocent as a murder victim. Since the man raped her out in the country, it must be assumed that she screamed, but there was no one to rescue her. Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, but is not engaged to be married. If they're discovered, he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver. He must then marry the young woman because he has violated her, and he may never divorce her as long as he lives. A man must not marry his father's former wife, for this would violate his father. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll look at the final hodgepodge.